like like a year in advance, right? In order to be on the ballot to be a Democratic committee member, which is mm-hmm. on this ballot, right? Which means that's all they do. And this is like to me, this is part of the problem too. It's like I don't know. Like, when do you have to decide you want to run against somebody for judge? Like, right. Like, two years before the election? Yeah. Seems like a long time. I don't know, but it's all, you know, so we're looking at the sample ballot. Oh, by the way, this Are is... Are we recording? I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm Brian. I'm Jay. This is the B&A Podcast, and we're back. We are. To ramble. We'll be right back. So... Like we were saying a minute ago, this is an election season. This is an election season. Uh, and uh, and we want to thank the three candidates for the district attorney that came and talked with us. We know that was a little bit uh, different from the format that we normally do, but we were glad to have them. That was great. It was really, it was, um, you know, I, I feel a little inadequate from a journalism standpoint uh, in that circumstance, but I will say that they all handled it in, in, in spite of... Um, my lack of uh, journalistic probing. Uh, I think that we got a good picture of all three candidates. Yeah, I think we did. I think we did. So we and the reality is we have three uh, very competent people, all of which could handle the job. Yep. And uh, so then you got to figure out which one you like the best. Yep. And you really so that's, do. That's the tough. A question and we're not going to answer that question we're not going to answer it i mean uh, they're all on the left side of the spectrum and they're all running you know this is a democratic primary right now right it's really funny because we only talk about it like it's the general election right uh, but it is actually just the democratic primary it is but it might as well be the democratic it is general the, it election is in fact which is a question that a lot of people need to answer like in elections in general mm-hmm. first of all i personally think it should be illegal to run unopposed I think that we I should make that. a thing that says if one person runs, if nobody is running against them, then like either the Republican or the Democrat or an independent, somebody has to be appointed by the mayor to run again. I don't right. care who does it. The council can pick somebody. There need to be choices on the ballot. Yeah. The easiest way to fix this problem mm-hmm. is for people that listen to our podcast and live in Nashville, Tennessee, to run for something they're qualified to do. Exactly. Well, and, you know, it's interesting. I... I uh many, many years ago, um, was approached by a person that was thinking about running against Beth Harwell out for the state legislature out in the Antioch area. And he came to me and he was like, you know, do you think I should run? And I, I said, yeah, absolutely. I think you should run. I think it'd be great for you to run. He said, but can I win? And I said, absolutely not. Not a chance. Not a chance in the world, but it's important to have somebody that is forcing the candidates to be challenged and to have to own up to what they believe and what they're about. So, um, yeah, I, I definitely believe that one of the things that worries me right now. And if there are, if there are any sort of democratic kind of people listening to this, uh, to my knowledge, we've not had anyone from the democratic side suggest that they're going to run against Bill Lee. And, um, we need a candidate. We need a good one. Honestly, I think Jim Cooper would be an excellent candidate to run against Bill Lee. But um, we'll see. We'll see how that happens. Uh, should we mention, since we're talking about elections, the kind of craziness that's going on with the District 5 race now? The you know They've divided up the city of Nashville in these three districts. District 5 is the one that Jim Cooper used to have. Um, and apparently there are a whole bunch of Republicans that are running for that seat, except for there are three that are not now. 
because... Well, they've been eliminated. They've been eliminated by the state Republican Party. The state Republican Party said, y'all are carpetbaggers, you're not from here, so you can't run. One of which was selected by a particularly orange-looking president. It was. And so uh, they've been removed from the ballot because most folks don't understand that the primaries are related to the particular parties the party can say these are folks that are eligible and these are folks that are not this is literally not a civic event it's not it is a publicly funded partisan undertaking it is and quite honestly the party should probably have to pay for it at this point but they don't i think that's right and so the parties are having a primary right it is a hundred percent like you know they get a pick Right. It, well, it is completely autocratic. And 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 there is a there's a point most folks don't know. Uh, I think it's within the power of the of the party apparatus that if they nominated somebody if folks by popular election voted somebody and say we want this to be the candidate there's a possibility they could also say no. Um, I think that's true. They could probably yeah. intervene. I, what, I don't think they would because on account of the death threats. But, yeah, well, I yeah. think that's right. What, what, how this affects Nashville in a particular way is that, you know, there's been this movement to try to bring the Republican National Convention to Nashville. And now all of a sudden, all the other Republicans throughout the nation are saying, what are they doing in Tennessee? Why right. did they kick our candidates off? We're going to not bring the convention to Nashville, of which I say, thank you, thank state God. Republican Party. But it is one of those things that's interesting, and I've talked about this ad nauseum about Bill Lee and about how it affects the state. And the like when Bill Lee was first elected, one of the first things Bill Lee did was open up the state of Tennessee to receive the maximum number of 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 uh, refugees right as allowed by law right and he did that basically by executive order sure. like day one because it says in the new testament that you should treat the refugees in a particularly loving and kind way that dang faith gets in the way sometimes i know doesn't. so he decided to be do the christian thing and do that and as you know a grace chapel guy he he did what seemed like a biblical command right right literally go out and do the right thing for the refugees mm-hmm. at which point the tennessee legislature <clears throat> pardon me called a special session and voted to overturn that and get rid of his thought of kindness and extending the hand of of um, the tennessee the state of tennessee to refugees that was that was erased by right. the legislature so i you know my joke was always you know if he goes baptist they go nazarene if he goes nazarene they go church of christ if he goes church of christ they go cult but it's like you know yeah they're just going to keep they're going to be more conservative than he is or whatever and then he's finally just acquiesced and become one of them what? but we got the same problem here in tennessee now the tennessee legislature right and the republican committee in tennessee has become more republican than the republicans in Trump world outside of Tennessee, they've just, they keep going one step further. And Absolutely. you know, there, there comes a time yeah. when you are no longer a part of that party, right? Right. They're leaving it for this sort of neo-fascist creation, um, in the South that you can only have here that is really comfortable right? with the white supremacy, you know, gun toting, you know, get rid of diversity thing. It's like, it's really weird almost. I it, mean, when you piss off Ted Cruz, because you were too conservative, 
Right. You are doing some crazy shit. No, it is it is it is crazy and of course that does affect the city's chances of getting the Republican Party Absolutely. Uh, national convention of which I think we may be better off. The city doesn't really want to have it anyway. No, the certainly the mayor does not and uh so I think uh they've they've actually helped us out along the way. God bless them. Um I I do have to throw in just a while we're at it, we're in the uh, in the waiting period to see whether a law that the legislature passed to criminalize homelessness right. is going to be signed by the governor. My inclination is that he is not going to sign it, but he's going to allow it to become law anyway just by not signing it. He's right. not going to veto it. Um, this is uh, a law that is very short-sighted. Uh, in a lot of ways, one, because the Supreme Court has already ruled that being poor and being homeless is not a crime. Right. Uh, but the other piece that I thought that's really interesting to me about this law is what they're doing is and it's a tricky law, because if you look at the text of it, it seems like, oh, well, they're just making a misdemeanor for folks to sleep under bridges and stuff like that. What it doesn't say is that down at the bottom, it says, oh, we're going to expand this other law. Um, that is related to state property, to any public property, any city, county, any public property that says if you camp on public property, you are uh, risking a felony conviction. And um, so it makes it felonizes, I guess. Is that a word? I guess I like the word. It felonizes um, camping on public property. What's interesting is that Camping on private property is still a misdemeanor offense. Correct. So so if I'm a homeless person I, and I'm thinking about, okay, I have nowhere to go. Time I got to go camp Uncle somewhere. House. It's right. time to go to somebody's <laughs> business <laughs> right. or whatever and camp out there because it's a lesser charge. It is a lesser charge. And so, uh, <laughs> so again, uh, just not a you lot just, of... You just, you know, it's, it's an inconceivably stupid law. It is, uh, and of course, once again, it is an inconceivably stupid law designed by rural Republicans who don't have any homeless people to punish Nashville, Memphis, and to a lesser extent, Knoxville and Chattanooga. It is specifically anti-city. Right. And the only time that a good 90% of the representatives that come to the state capitol to stay here during the session and vote, the mm-hmm. only time. They see any homeless people other than sort of their town drunk guy. Right. Everybody's got one, you know. But the only time they see it is when they come to Nashville. Right. And so they come down and they stay in an apartment in downtown Nashville and they walk to Legislative Plaza and they see homeless people in their way and they're so offended. Right. Right. That there's a homeless person there. Uh, often, by the way, if it's by the Legislative Plaza, it's because they do showers there, I believe, on Wednesdays. I'm not sure what day uh, it they is. Do, they do haircuts on Mondays. Haircuts, that's yeah. what it is. So National on Mondays, Street Barbers, a great So program. they're right there, and they got this great program where they're helping all the homeless folks. Um, it's, you know, listen, homelessness is a problem. There is only one way to fix homelessness, and that is homeness yeah. <laughs> right yeah uh, that's really the only way and this idea that you can and it's just a southern baptist intrinsic problem that poverty is a sin that must be punished by the parishioners not by god and so they've decided to personally punish each and every person that doesn't have as much money as Th- that. there was a real interesting study on that a while back there's some folks did um 
some research about why sort of evangelical conservative Christians were still segregated in the way they were. Correct. And <laughs> the, what they really found out was that there are two different narratives. If you go to the black church, they generally talk about systemic kind of sin, the fact that societal structures, there are oppressive societal structures and things in place that make it difficult for folks to move out. If you go to a white church, it's if you're poor, it's a moral failing. It's, you have you have somehow not lived correctly. I grew up being taught in the conservative evangelical Southern Church that uh, there was a reason people were poor, and it had to do with their weakness, exactly, in their faith, exactly, exactly. So even though ninety nine percent of the people that go to that church are poor. Well, yeah, it's it's an interesting, yeah, <laughs> it's kind of interesting how that plays Fascinating out. Fascinating thing. So, yeah, all so of that. So, we to need say, to take a quick break. And we do. And, how quick? And come back, just really quick. Okay. Um, really quick break. And uh, we will come back in just a minute and talk about a long list of things that have stacked up because we haven't talked about our long list of things for four weeks. Now so. it's time to talk. Here we go. All right, so uh, we just did a 13-minute segment on something that's not on the list of subjects. Well, I guess we ought to talk about the list of subjects. We Which have one do you things. want to talk about? Well, I mean, okay, first of all, I'm going to say this once, and then we'll move on, but I will have a report. I will report back next time because I am going to the inaugural soccer game at the Geodis. It's a horrible name. It really is. The Geodis Stadium. Uh, and I'm going to go see the Nashville Soccer Club, who evidently are pretty good. How much did Geodis pay for that? I right? don't know. We should find that out. I mean, it's it's a lot. I, I sure wish somebody'd pay a dollar more and make it something we could remember. Hey, we could we could monetize the podcast. That we we could be that could the be our Geodis thing. Uh, BNA podcast. The the BNA podcast stadium. Yeah, that's the goal. Yeah, well, that would be great. We're going to need a couple of more listeners to participate. Yeah, we would. Um, but. Really, I mean, we're close. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's do it. So uh, you're going to the soccer game. I am going to go to the soccer game. I'm going to report back on that. I'm kind of excited about it because, as I've said before on this podcast, I was completely against putting the soccer stadium there. Right. But it's there. Yeah. So we might as well enjoy it. Well, why don't they build a new road to it? What I'm going to report on, by the way, is the getting in and the getting out of there. Yeah, it's going to be crazy. It's going to be completely uncool. So I'm going to do that. Uh, and we'll talk about that, and then then we're going to have um, I don't know. We'll we'll talk about it because talking about one of the things that is on the list right here is mm-hmm. um, the Nashville Department of Transportation put mm-hmm. forth a plan for Twelve South. That Twelve South. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Well, I knew about the East Bank one. Yeah, we're going to do that too. Okay, so t- let's talk about Twelve South. Twelve Tell South. Me about there's it. a picture of it in your Tennessean, and you can look at it, and it shows. Two lanes of traffic separated by a bunch of native plantings in the center. Well, that'd be Then great. on either side of it, there's more planting and then right. bike lanes. Right. And pedestrians. Now, there's no room in the current 12 South District to put any of that. Right. It would require tearing down half of the buildings in the currently populated 12 South area to do this. That would be a problem. I don't see it happening. Yeah, well, I don't see it happening. What's you know? Here's the interesting thing about those planting things is that you know we have a couple of spots here in Old Hickory where we have these like tri not triangles but these 
Well, yeah. that one, the, the triangle yeah, down, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Triangles where, you know, every so often somebody says, oh, well, we need to put plants and make it look mm-hmm. beautiful. And we did. And we do. And then they die and nobody takes care of it. Well, the problem but, is in Old Hickory, uh-huh. this one we spotted a while back. Oh, this mm-hmm. is really funny. So I'm just going to say this. We record at my house, right? Right. So I've been waiting on the pest control people to show up. Did they just show up? Well, they've been here. Now they came here. That's them driving away. Now, Jay can see out the window. So... They came, drove down this road, then they went that way. Right. Um, I just confused? have to talk to them for like 45 seconds because they they're new. We got new guys. Do you need to go out and... No, uh, well, I mean, yeah. they drove away. They drove away. So I thought I was going to be taking a break and going like, darn it, we have to come back and talk about this because I have to talk to them. And, and if they do a good job... Oh, they just turned around. They're coming back. Here they come. This is like a thing. It's like... Okay. I, you know, here so the question come. is this. Yes. Our streets in Old Hickory are on a grid. They are. Uh, and then there are street names, which are prominently uh, displayed at each corner. Do you Pretty have numbers easy. on your house? I do. Yeah. That, the, how's parking out front? Parking's a little it's tight. It's not terrible. I mean, okay. it's not great, but there's nobody at my neighbor's house right now during the day. Okay. So it's not terrible. Yeah. Well, see, at least you've got a logical numbering. On our street, it's... Yours are completely random. It's yeah. like nobody can find our houses. Yeah. So that's fine. My, ours are like one side of the street is... 21, 22, 23, 24 on oh, the same it? side of the street. It's I not like those. most, you know, those. odd yeah. and even yeah, kind of thing. That's confusing. Now he started, so he started to park over there. Okay. He's just pulled away again. Yeah. So this is like, I mean, this is like doing play-by-play on a show you can't watch, but yeah. it's it's actually kind of hilarious. And I'm starting to question my choices now because I'm going to have this guy spraying poisonous chemicals all over and he's lost his last year's Easter eggs. So this makes me uncomfortable. So, uh, would you like me to like fill while you go talk to him, or do so, you want two to? Things. Number one is finishing this one. The problem in Old Hickory planting at the triangle, right? We would plant flowers because old right. ladies were in charge, right? And so they would go plant flowers that require that after six weeks you take them out and put in new flowers, right? There's no other way to do it right. unless you're going to like dig up a whole thing and put a sprinkler system right there, right? Sure. So the goal is to plant native plants, right? That are also semi-attractive. Right. That does seem to be the plan. On the 12 South plan, they seem to be native plants. Okay, well, that works. Because you can't do this whole thing that, I mean, that's crazy talk, right? I mean, if you're in Brentwood, where the Ladies Auxiliary Association will come out every six days and replant things because they have 250 volunteers and Mm -hmm. nothing better to do and lots of money, then you can have that. Right. We don't have that. We don't have that here. So I think we've got to take a break because I hear Carlos barking. Excellent. This means that we're going to have, so that means we're going to get a review of a pest control company, which will appear on the BMA podcast. Well, that was interesting. This is one of the one of the great things about working at home. It is. We haven't been at home for a while. No, we've been like grown-ups. Yeah, we've actually been in like sort of a studio, sort of kind of. Yes. Anyway, so what's on our list? We got to get to our so, list. So, so there's the whole thing of of the. So I had the soccer stadium. We got the voting locations is on here. The mayor's race is on here, and the Nashville Department of Transportation, which we were just talking about that planting thing let's talk about the voting locations really quick yeah what do you got Uh, what i got there is that um y'all are going to get new voting registration cards on before may 3rd which is good because there's an election on may 3rd i got mine except did you already get one i haven't seen mine yet um but apparently they've changed a lot of the voting precincts about where you vote 
And so there's a Is lot. Is it because of the redistricting I of Nashville? I guess it's because of redistricting of Nashville. So um, before you go vote, if you wait until May 3rd, um, before you go vote, you may want to go online and double check. You can look on their website, on the Election Commission website, but may want to double check where you're supposed to vote or else you might be going to the wrong place. Early voting is pretty much the 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 norm. Uh, right. I, mean, I it's, noticed that there are Madison the Library, right. Hermitage the Library, Hermitage Library, the downtown, uh, yeah. what's the Howard eight, School. There's about eight places you, yeah. can, you can vote early. Um as of right now, I think, uh, was it 4% of registered voters have early voted so far? It wasn't very— It is very, nothing. It is nothing. Nobody's voting. Um, again, as we've said, we, we had an interest in the district attorney's race, and that is really an important office. So I do encourage you to vote or think about that you one. you got to get out there and vote. I mean, it's—here's what's happening throughout—you know, throughout the country, what's happening is there's a huge— Push by the Republican National Committee to take over local precincts. Exactly. Their whole goal is to take over the local election precincts throughout the country so that when the time comes for deciding who the next national office holders are, uh, the local precincts can go like, nah. Yeah. <laughs> no, and, and, and the reality is, look, these local offices and statewide offices as well, yep are sometimes more important than the national ones. I mean, yep. if you think about the laws that have been passed in this legislature this time, um, you know, laws that are just completely... Well, and, and to use another state, this whole Florida Disney thing... Yeah, right, it's fantastic. Uh, you know, is... is you know, that it's could so be fun. a whole podcast. Oh, God, yeah, but, it's fine. But, um, you know, I mean, those are have real impact. So if you live in, in, you know, in the surrounding counties around Disney, you're looking at spending the legislature spending a billion dollars of your money and so so there these things are really important and it's worth investing in um we won't get too far on our soapbox but vote damn it yeah you go know? vote right and it's like we're gonna have that so that issue like so you've got our current voting locations mm -hmm. if we don't pay attention to what's going on what happens is we have council people that represent us and they'll do things like for instance buy them all yeah I, I understand we own one now. we got them all so uh <laughs> so it's interesting for by the me. way once again we got them all and we're going to lease it to the largest financial entity in the state of tennessee pretty much yeah um it's it's an interesting thing for those who don't know the old hickory hollow mall was at one time the largest mall in the state of tennessee it was so cool it was i cool. worked there yeah, did you really? I worked at the uh, record store, Camelot Records. Camelot Records. Ah, oh, I remember those. Oh, yeah. Uh, but um, I, I, I worked in Antioch for a while, and I got there right about the time that the mall was moving into decline. Uh, they were getting more and more folks that so were- So you did it. Not, it's probably me uh -huh. because it's happening at Rivergate, too. See? Um, so, uh, but as you all know, malls in general, indoor malls are in decline, um, and- Part of that is that, um, you know, one of the things that the clientele that would drive into Hickory Hollow from Murfreesboro, from Mount Juliet and all that, well, they built their own shopping areas. They don't need and it. And they don't need it anymore. And then they got the Amazon. And then, then you also had some white flight stuff going on because the— A lot of that. The, as the communities changed, both for Rivergate and Hickory Hollow, there were a lot— uh, more, there was a lot more diversity and, you know, and a lot of white folk didn't want to shop. I have to say about Hickory Hollow in particular. Yeah. 
or the legend of Sleepy Hickory Hollow, Sleep, as I will yes. likely call it, exactly. until we get this all figured out. But we did like a super white guy thing, right? which was tried to make it like into... So what the super white people did was look at Hickory Hollow and say, oh, look, there are brown people that live out there now, so let's make it like the Center for International Cuisine or something. We made it like... We tried to make it into um, like a some sort of... Global Mall. Yeah, you know, they called it the Global Mall, but it was it was pretty specifically targeted. And they didn't really do it. I mean, well, that's they did the nothing. Problem. They they <laughs> could have they could have done some. I mean, when they just back called when it was it owned by different. a corporation, a big corporation, it was still trying to be a mall. Right. I mean, those of us that were in the community argued for the question of how do we sort of embrace the diversity rather than seeing that as a problem. They saw it as a problem. Not as Correct. something to be embraced, Correct. and as a result, it continued to decline because they kept wanting to do things like say, "Well, you know, without high, a gap, high school you got kids nothing. can't be in here." You know, right, yeah, stuff right, like right. that. So, um, and the other piece with it, the, the mayors have been trying to figure out what to do with Hickory Hollow for a long time. Carl Dean tried to move the Nashville Fairgrounds out there. He was yeah. going to move the uh, the the flea market to Hickory Hollow Mall. Um, wow, was that met with a lot of love? It was not. Uh, yeah, <laughs> oh, and wow. and part of the problem in that community, in the Antioch community, was that there was a real feeling, rightly so, that um, there was an attempt to move poverty related. Well, it was like the condescension was palpable, it right? Was. I mean, it was like it is the same thing that's happening now, right? It, right. Um, the Global Mall was the perfect example of what happens when rich white people look down their noses at brown people and say, oh, well, let's make it like, it'll be like a bazaar from Star Wars. And right. they'll all go in and it's like, no, it's just, I mean, yeah. yes, they like Cuban. Right. I mean, the fact that people like Cuban on their food doesn't mean right. you have to have a whole place dedicated to it. Yeah, well, yeah, probably not. So uh, I, I, I should like say that this, too, the, the city had already bought parts Gosh. of it. So they had they had created a regional community center out there. There's an ice skating center. Um, there's some stuff where they had already purchased a large part of is it. Is Bridgestone so, staying? Bridgestone owns like a third of it. There is inhabited by the Bridgestone Corporation. Yeah, and well, I, I can't didn't know figure that. out. Yeah, I can't figure out from yeah. what I'm looking at whether or not it's changing. I can't yeah, I tell. D- that I don't. That I don't know. Um, I do know that. Um, so the deal is, for some reason, it's kind of like expanding on what Vanderbilt did at Hundred Oaks. Right. Hundred Oaks, which by the way was the first mall in Nashville, yeah. um, and where, but in that case, Vanderbilt just bought the mall. Right. Um, so what's I'm not quite sure how this is, why they're doing it this way, where the city's going to buy it and then lease it I to Vanderbilt. I, I wonder if it's because there are municipal activities that happen there that have to be maintained. Right? That's I mean, probably it's like, right. So if we do it in such a way that you just sell it to Vandy and they uh-huh. just own the whole thing, then you can't really have a community center and the right. DMV is sort of right next door. Gotcha. And that makes sense. That might be it. That's that, a guess. I, that, I haven't researched. Yeah. It. It, and it's. What's I know that there were some council people that were not in favor of this purchase, although it passed without any problem, uh, because the concern was that we only have a letter of intent from Vanderbilt. We don't have an actual contract. Right, right, right. Uh, but oh, it's sorry. I'm sorry. I, but owning property in Nashville right now is not going to hurt anybody. Yeah, I don't think so. So and, I mean, I think it's bizarre that we're doing it in this particular way. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like kind of a quilt of ideas instead of one 
sound strategy. Right. Uh, which is kind of surprising for our current mayor. He's kind of a strategy guy. He would much he would like it a lot better if you could put this on one page, you know, right. with ten direct PowerPoint slides. Sure. And here's what we're doing. Right. I don't know. Well, it's I don't know. It seems all convoluted. I mean, me. I I think the notion of Vanderbilt opening up another medical hub, which is what Hundred Oaks is, makes a lot of sense. I mean, Vanderbilt is already kind of at capacity at the facilities they've got. They are. And so, um, I, you know, I can see the need for establishing something out in South Nashville because right now Vanderbilt really doesn't have a, pro, uh, a presence out there. Everything goes through the TriStar system. Yeah, and then so, you end up in Rutherford County is the next yeah. closest Vanderbilt so, facility. So, I, you know, from Vanderbilt's standpoint, I hope they do follow through on this letter of intent because it's, uh, I think it's a I need I think they will. There. I mean, I, I yeah. mean, there's a lot of money to be made there. There's a lot of Medicaid. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's just, they're going to do that. They they are going to do that. I don't so, know. But it does make, it does beg the question. So, so now the next thing that's going to happen to, I'm just bouncing from one thing to the next, but that's this fine. ties into the mayor's race, which is going to come up next year. Right. Right. So the current mayor who, uh, has run as a pragmatist, right? I mean, his whole thing was he is a fiscally responsible, pragmatic fella, right? you know, that has not had an opportunity to be that because as soon as he walked into the office downtown, we had a tornado. Yeah. You know, we also had the state threatening to take over the finances and right. we had a tornado and we had a COVID epidemic and we I heard about, this. you know, he's, he's had a few challenges to deal with along the way. Um, but yeah, he's, he's run as, as a pragmatist for the most part. Here's, here's what I, I was talking with somebody the other day. Uh, and I said, you know, from my perspective, maybe he's doing the right thing because he's pissed everybody off. The right doesn't like him because of the taxes, because right. he raised the taxes. And right. My gosh, yeah. you can't do that. So the, the the hardcore right does not like our mayor because of all of that. And so right. they want to continue. They don't like to, anybody. So. They don't pretty much. Yeah. Um, the left thinks he hasn't been progressive enough well, on certain issues. Can't and ever be progressive enough. Exactly. Left, yeah. And so he's kind of ticked everybody off. And I so I think at this point, um, that that maybe mean that you're doing a good job. I don't know. Um, but there are already a couple of folks that are um, announcing that they're exploring whether they're going to run for mayor. They haven't right. actually said they're running, but they're exploring. Um, one of whom is a gentleman named Matt Wiltshire. I don't know if you know Matt. Have you ever met Matt? No, I don't think so. Okay, so Matt was, under Carl Dean's administration, the economic development guy. Got he was the it. guy that was about trying to bring businesses into Nashville, and he was pretty successful with that. And more recently, he's been working at MDHA, kind of doing similar things. But I mean, you know, it's one of those things, too, that, I mean, I look at the people that have done economic development in Tennessee and Nashville, right. and it's a little bit like getting a piece of metal to stick to a magnet at this point. I exactly. mean, it's like, hey, look how many pieces of metal I got to stick to this magnet. And it's like, yeah, clever. But he's going to be a Nashville chamber candidate. He, the got chamber it. is going to be behind him and support him uh, as the economic development guy. Um, the other guy that's Is run that a thing still? I mean, you know, I mean, I, I, in, have, in I mean, like I said, I've always been pretty pro-business conservative kind of guy my whole life but it's like the last thing you need in nashville tennessee is an economic development candidate for mayor no i agree i think you know we've already had that <laughs> the last three well, or four or five mayors have been that in the you sense. couldn't i mean 
you couldn't stop economic development in Nashville no. right now without no. like some sort of like mass hysteria. Oh, well, that's what's so. I mean, you know, it's kind of like Butch Butch Byrden trying to stop the Las Vegasness of downtown. You know, you started it. You started right. it. You let you know stopping things is hard. Ugh. So all of this to say, Matt's going to come from that perspective. Although he's trying to present himself as the progressive candidate. Right. Um. Here's uh, the deal. The other deal. The other person that's running right, is a gentleman, or that's thinking about running, is a gentleman named Hal Cato. Hal Cato comes from a nonprofit background. He has uh, been the executive director of Thistle Farms, which has been enormously successful yep. in the in the endeavors that they're doing, as well as he used to run the Oasis Center. Uh, yep. which was uh, provide service. So, so he comes from this kind of more service neighbor thing. Um, and I mean, he'll never win, but I'm voting for him. Uh, Even yeah. if he doesn't run, I'm writing him in now. Okay. I'm saying this because the problem in Nashville mm-hmm. is a mayor needs to represent the people of a city. Right. Not the corporate owners of anything in particular. By the way, if you hear stuff in the background, it's my... It's the pest control guy. Yeah, he has finally yeah, showed do. up. It's just going to be part of the podcast. That's fine. We love so, it. The, uh, I'll let you know if it all works out. If I don't have any termites and the bugs go away, I'm going to give them a plug on the next one. But anyhow, here's the thing. Driving on Gallatin Road right. from East Nashville to the county line right. is horrible. Oh, driving pretty much anywhere. Driving anywhere. on Nolensville Road mm-hmm. from... Nat from basically 440 right to Nolansville is horrible right driving on Franklin Road past Wedgwood is horrible nothing has been done about traffic well in Nashville re- Tennessee the reality in is that six in 11 years uh, more than that. nothing honestly I mean the reality it said is that in Nashville under the past three or four administrations, really nothing has been done outside of what I would call the Beltway, outside of Briley Parkway. Um, I mean, yeah. that's that's the good news about the the mall thing. Back to that is at least there's something that's being sort of thrown. Yeah, it's like the uh, first out. vote that's outside the Briley Parkway, right? Like in this entire council session, exactly. And so, um, so the reality is, is that most folks. Most of the effort and energy has been spent to sort of the downtown core, and everybody on the outside feels kind of left out along the way. Um, So so all that's to say, it's going to be an interesting race to see how it comes down. Um, Cooper is running again. There were some suspicion that he might not run for a second term that yeah. he's going to be he had talked about early he on about being a one term there no he's he <laughs> he's brought in some new staff oh, and, and he's, he's also he hasn't got to do his thing right i mean yeah. that was one of the things that he has said and i this i don't mm-hmm. disagree with him on he comes into office he's got a tornado and a pandemic uh that have that have defined his mayorship mm-hmm. and when he came in he wanted to do this and this and this and none of those things have even had the opportunity to right. be addressed right so. so and he told me as much that he was kind of wanting to look at this sort of next phase of being a mayor when things are a little bit more back to normal, whatever right. normal is. Yeah. Um, True. So, uh, so that race is going to be interesting to see how it shakes down. Right now, all we have is three white guys. Yeah. Um, there is some talk that Sharon Hurt, who is an African-American council person, may be running. Um, 
it it's going to be. I support all that, and it's one of the things that in Nashville, Tennessee, African American candidates need to work on at the citywide level. Is you got to make sure you don't just run on North Nashville plans, right? That's right. I mean, the reality is that this is a very big city, right? And we've had a couple of of things come up, and a couple of candidates come up, like in District Five and stuff like sure. that. And it's like, hey, remember, I listen. You can go ahead and stipulate that I support the efforts of what's going on in North Nashville. In Absolutely. That, but yeah. you can't win a citywide office if you only run on on specific things. You know, it's like um, the thing is old white guys can win if they only run on their specific old right. white guy thing. Right. Because right. there's so many damn old white guys. There are. But the reality and they all vote. Sure. They all vote. And one of the things we've got to do, especially in this new redistrict Nashville, mm-hmm. is we have got to get minorities and young people to go actually cast ballots. Well, and the thing to understand again, when you start looking at African-American community in Nashville, it used to be rooted in North Nashville. And there's certainly sort of the historic African-American support has been out of North Nashville. But this is again where the Antioch piece and the the global mall, I mean, in some ways you could argue Cooper's making a bid for his reelection campaign and making that happen because you know, Antioch, Madison have, and both have large African American, almost half, if not over half of the population is minority in those yes. areas of town now. And, um, but they aren't in the North Nashville mindset. There is, there, there used to be, you know, everything was sort of rooted in the black pastors out of North Nashville. Correct. And now, but there's still things, a lot of the political support is still rooted in, and that. there's still a lot of well, there's I think there's an assumption that there's still a lot of political support there. I think it's it seems declining. like that in the it's, it's, it feels like that in the press. No, I think that's exactly yeah. right. Uh, there, again, I think it's a perception issue, and I don't know, and that means we got to find somebody that really is involved um, in what's happening in African-American voting issues. I mean, I just really want to see people stand up and vote. I mean, right now, when I look at this new redistricting plan and as it comes in and reaches and carves North Nashville and Antioch in half in order to split those votes, nothing would be more significant than seeing these huge numbers Mm -hmm. in the urban parts of those districts. Yes. Come in and just take one of them. I think if that's not right. two. Absolutely. Uh, we have the numbers to do it. Yeah, it's just a matter of getting folks to do you it. You got to go vote. Uh, and again, part of it is is having the candidates. Um, part of it is having the candidates because you know the the thing that I always say to young people, it's like I uh, w- during the last campaign um, when I was doing my surveys and Uber driving, I'd ask people stuff and they'd be like. Oh yeah, I'm voting for such and such, and I would just at at some point I finally got to the point where I said, Nah, you're not. Now, what do you mean? I said, uh, you're you're under thirty. You're not voting for anybody, right? There's a the day is going to come, the voting day is going to show up, and you're going to have every intention of voting that day. And you're going to go to the coffee shop. And you're going to get all caught up in something that's going on online. You're going to bitch on Twitter for like two and a half hours and then right. post something on Instagram about how this, that, and the other is unfair and unjust and horrible. And the next thing you know, it's going to be seven p.m. and you're going to like, oh crap, I forgot to vote. Yeah, no, I. <laughs> I won't pick on our, our under 30 audience like that, but I hear you what you're saying. Well, I, have, the, I have birthed so many of them at this the, point but that the, I'm going to uh, go on with yeah, the, the Yeah, you, 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 did, you did take be fruitful, be fruitful, multiply. Was, uh, Everybody's got to pick a verse, right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but I, I do think that um, this issue of 
having good candidates and having people run. It goes back to what we were talking at the beginning. You know, it, we now have three congressional districts in Nashville. Yep. To my knowledge, there is one of them that has a serious Democratic correct contender. The other two don't even have any Democrats that are running. Right. Nobody's jumped in yet. And and so they've assumed a loss. They've assumed a loss. So we're not going to run. I mean, I've been half tempted to run for our district um, up here just so that there's somebody. Just so somebody's run. running. Yeah. You know. And uh, so it's, well, the thing about having these sort of semi unopposed or completely unopposed races is that, you know, if you get to November. Right. In, in District 5 and the Republican candidate, who, by the way, has a 75-25 shot at being accused of sexual malfeasance or child trafficking, right. which seems to happen to all of the Republicans right now. Yeah. It's a thing. Like right. Three a day. Yeah, right? yeah no, absolutely. And it's like happening. It's like whoever's sitting there mm-hmm. wins. Right. Right. If that person is, in fact, found to have been engaged in some sort of illegal activity, right. whoever is on the ballot will win. Right. When they are eliminated. Right. So... If you if they if they're running unopposed, I assume the Democratic committee gets to appoint somebody. Right. When that you know because you can still win if you're accused of a felony. Right. Um, matter of fact, you can still serve. Right. If you're convicted of a felony, oh, we have if many. nobody does anything yeah. about it. Yeah, that's we have several. Um, so all of that's to say, yeah, it's we folks. We got to vote. You just got to run, get folks, to run. <laughs> right. It's just really important. Um, so do you have any endorsements yeah, or any uh, things no, we need to pitch? Definitely I, not any endorsements. Okay, well, the, no, uh, no. I didn't mean endorsements of that. Like, oh, oh. Uh, like restaurants or aren't no, we because kind of I was, the end you know, of our time? I was out of town yeah. this week. I went up to Dayton. I have a client up there we're helping. And I uh, was up there working with a client. And then I came back on Friday night. And my grandson was here on Saturday. We went to the new Elliston Place soda shop. Gotcha. So the new revamped. Bigger and better Elliston Place Soda Shop. I hear it's which pretty is, plastic. You know, it is, but it's pretty good. Okay, well, that's good to know. Same old ladies. Okay. Same old food. Meat and three, basic stock meat and I three. Had, I had straight up uh, uh, meatloaf, mashed potatoes, and green beans that were just nearly a liquid. It was that's perfect. Good. Uh, I had brown gravy on the potatoes, and since it came with a biscuit, I asked for a side of white gravy and mm-hmm. enjoyed that as well. Yeah. Um, and by to be completely honest, everything was going great. Good. Except my grandson was with us, and so I suggested perhaps we enjoy a milkshake. Ooh. The milkshakes aren't as good? No, they were spectacular. Oh, that's great. So the rest of the day, I was really incapacitated. Yeah, they <laughs> always had good milkshakes. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. So still, they're still hand... You know, dipping the, the ice cream and making yeah. the milkshakes. So yeah, I have a great meal. Man. I haven't been anywhere... Uh, the... the, the a couple of weeks ago when I testified at the Judiciary Committee about that homelessness bill. Correct. Um, we stopped at Hunter Station. Uh, I eat at Hunter in, Station once a week. Oh, it, it was my first experience. I had the Vietnamese place, and it was had a banh mi, and it was excellent. They have great. Um, I understand that it's true that they have such things. I don't eat there. Okay. I either eat at um, the Grilled Cheesery. Right. Or... What's the burger place? Uh, uh, Hugh Babies. Hugh Babies at the other end. And I've eaten at Hugh Babies more than the cheesery, but like last night I went to the cheesery. I have a I meet with a guy there every Monday at 6, and then we go to a meeting at 7, and so I'm always there. I'm there every week. And Hunter Station is a great addition to East Nashville because when you just don't have time to go do a full sit-down meal, but you're mm-hmm. hungry and you need to be 
awesome opportunity. Yeah. I go yeah. in there a lot. We we also went, I know this is not a place you frequent, but the Woodland Wine Merchant. I have not been. Um, yeah. I, ha- I do have to speak highly about them. I was uh, deciding to buy a bottle of wine for my bride, and she oh. is an aficionado. And, and I went in and said, this is kind of what she likes. And he gave me this bottle that was pretty reasonably priced. Right. And it was phenomenal. Oh, it was you had a winner. really good. We got so, a winner. So uh, I would speak highly of them as well. Tonight. All right. And we are going to, our goal this week I'm on a Twitter break while I wait and see how the Elon Musk thing works out because uh, I've been a real Twitterer for the last few years. I mean, even the, for the last year and a half. Right. Uh, even though I only have like 425 followers on Twitter. Sure. Uh, I have more fun. I have enjoyed that more than anything else. But uh, but I'm not going to go play in that sandbox until I kind of see how that works right. out. It's And not because, by the way, not because he's some sort of right-wing libertarian type, although it's kind of weird when a billionaire is a right-wing libertarian type. It's kind of a weird mix. Yeah, it is. Um, but it's because he's a single human being taking over a $46 billion company single-handedly and taking it private so that he can just play in his own sandbox. And I'm like, you know, that's... To me, it's just not okay. I don't think it's okay. I just um, don't feel like that's an American. That's not a competitive environment. That's not a free market environment. That right. is oligarchy to me. And I'm yeah. not interested in that crap. There's We got countries doing that, and they're not very nice. Exactly. So we will. Businesses. The, my goal is to take this opportunity to actually put a link on our Facebook page for the, the Woodland Wine, wine merchant, merchant for... Hunter Station, mm-hmm. uh, and for the new Elliston Place uh, to kind of link some of the things we talk about. Uh, maybe even a link to where you can sign up to make sure you're registered to vote, which is the most important thing you can do right now, especially in the environment we're in now. Going to vote is the single most important thing you can do. Sounds good to me. Let's go do it. All right. Everybody go vote. Thanks for listening to the beginning.